Good morning. Nope. Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck with the Original. I'm your host, Casper. I don't know why I said morning. And I am your other host, <laughs> Becky Gremlin. She, who just goes along with my bullshit. I was going with it. <laughs> Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcast. And tonight it's a Wendigo Wednesday. We're going to talk about Wendigos. It is Wendigo Wednesday. Wendigo Wednesday. Wendigo. <laughs> way to go, Wendigos. Um, <laughs> way to go, Wendigo. Way to go, Wendigos. Way to go. Actually, no, Wendigos are horrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sound right there. That was horrifying. That right there. Um, oh, God. Yeah, guys, so I guess it must be, you know, not even just Wendigo Week or Wendigo Wednesday. It's like Wendigo Week. Um, when Everybody be putting out favorite, Wendigo episodes. Right. So, uh. <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite new podcasts I've come up on, Scared to Death Podcast, shout out Dan and Linz. Um, they, uh, Dan has actually had another podcast for quite a long time called Time Suck that I just kind of started backtracking into listening to episodes. And uh, his newest, so the Time Suck episodes, I believe, come out every Monday. And then the... Um, well, like Sundays at midnight because they're on California time and we're in Ohio. So the uh, Scared to Death comes out Tuesdays at midnight, but I always listen to them on Wednesday mornings. Well, on Monday, Time Sucks new episode was about Wendigos, of all things. I'm like, hey, guys, are you taking some pointers or what's going on here? No, actually, um, Scared to Death podcast had done a previous episode about skinwalkers and Wendigos that I thought it was really cool that they touched on. And then Dan just did a full on it guys, as much information as we're going to bring you here tonight, it's not even going to come close. He goes deep. His, that episode is about two and a half hours long. So he's done ones on Genghis Khan. He's, I mean, they're phenomenal. I would really check him out. Time suck. It's on YouTube, all the other uh, podcast platforms out there. But um, yeah, we're going to try to deep dive as much as we can. But if you really want to get a lot of uber information about Wendigos, probably way more than I even knew, check out Time Sucks' new episode. About two and a half hours long. It was really, really, really fucking good. Um, yeah, so Casper and I talked about you know, she's been so passionate about Skinwalkers and we brought you guys the really, really great Skinwalker episode that I personally was really proud of. I thought it was really great. It's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, deep diving into the history and the Native American culture and then even getting a little bit in Skinwalker Ranch and, you know, it kind of put my conspiracy tinfoil hat on and we got into like, uh, you know, wormholes and interdimensional things. But this is a little different with Wendigos. Um, even though Wendigos share, uh, you know, Native American ancestry, just like the Skinwalker does, Wendigos are on a whole nother level. Um, you know, I kind of had this idea where Skinwalkers were more like these interdimensional demons, in my opinion, or spirits that maybe just live on another plane and like Native Americans would deem them as demons, naturally. Um, Wendigos are just... They're like on a whole nother level. They're, like there's actually a very distinct difference between the two, but yeah. they get confused because in a way they are similar, but 
it, when you really start picking them apart, they're actually very different. Yeah. So. Well, we've got a we've got a great um, source here from Wikipedia, and it just to kind of give a basic overview real quick. Um, and even in this paragraph right here, it brings up some differences between Wendigos and Skinwalkers just right off the bat. Um, it says the Wendigo is a mythological creature or evil spirit from the folklore of the First Nation Algonquin tribes based in the northern forest of Nova Scotia, the east coast of Canada, and the Great Lakes region of Canada and the U.S. The Wendigo is described as a monster with some characteristics of a human or as a spirit who has possessed a human and made them become monstrous. Its influence is said to invoke acts of murder, insatiable greed, cannibalism, and the cultural taboos against such behaviors. So one thing that we pointed out really early on with skinwalkers is that skinwalkers are actually shape shifters. So almost in a way like um, the... Uh, I wanted to say lichens, like really bad. Werewolves, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> kind of in the same way, but it has to be like a full moon, but they literally shape shift in to a werewolf. That is what a skinwalker does. They actually like full on shape shift into a skinwalker. And I think with how to rid a skinwalker, this is where I'll let Casper, because there's a way that you can do it didn't we get into like how you can actually, you don't actually have to kill the person themselves to rid them of the skinwalker. Whereas Wendigos, it's basically a spirit that it's like you're possessed. Basically you're literally possessed by this demon Wendigo and you just become one. You don't really shape shift into one. You just become one. And the only way you have to, it, you, you just have to die. There's no way to rid you. It's not like there's some type of exorcism that can happen. Um, now this is according to the some tribes. Some tribes honestly believe that the only way that you can get rid of the Wendigo is you, once the person becomes one, you just have to kill them all together. Um, in Navajo culture, it is said the only way to kill a skinwalker is to say the witch's name. Exactly. I, that's what it was. Yeah. It's, you have yes. to know their name. You have to know their name. Which is, remember, if you guys listened to that episode, I said that's actually very common in demons. In demons, yeah. Where in order to get rid of them, you have to know their name. Like in, like, Conjuring 2. That's a great example. Valak. You know the demon's name. You say the demon's name. There you go. And so, people say generally fire kills them. Some say silver, but nothing really phases them. Um, if you, it is said silver can only kill them if you stab them through the heart, head, yes. or to cap decapitate them. I've heard of this silver thing too. I actually saw that in a, in a movie, but I, I had heard that before too. I actually looked that up. That was folklore. Any type of silver, which I thought that was really interesting that that kind of, that parallels werewolves. Very much so. Someone that's Silver an actual bullet. Navajo <clears throat> responded and was said, um, the silver thing, I think, goes a long way with traditional werewolves. Right. But they're definitely not in the same category. I've heard of speaking their name and with the bullet part, but um, nothing like a gun that does not fire. Oh, yeah, it happened to me once. 
So it sounds like the whole name thing is the thing. Is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of more so like an actual possession. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I had to look that up. I'm like, I forget. I've got Wendigo in my brain. (laughs) Well, so whereas with the Skinwalker that you basically become one, you shapeshift into one as more of a curse. Um, A Wendigo is similar in the way that it's a curse and maybe a spirit, but you don't shapeshift. You just become a Wendigo. You also do look different, but you look real fucked up. Those things, imagine those things in I Am Legend, like what the people look like. Imagine Mm -hmm. that, but imagine it decapitated. What? (laughs) Imagine it decomposed. Well, you would want to decapitate them. Right. You would want to do that. If you see one, decapitate them. But yeah, like a decomposing gaunt corpse. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. The things from I Am Legend are pretty fucking spot on. I mean, that's almost identical to what they actually And they're really look fast like. like that, too. Um, There is, I had sent a picture to um, Casper about, uh, there's been parallels to what the Wendigo is most similar in appearance to, and <clears throat> there is a cannibalistic legend of a Wachuge, which is uh, more well-known among the indigenous people known as the um, Athabascan. And they're located in uh, mostly the northern Pacific coast of North America. And a Wachuge is an extremely gaunt, decomposing-looking figure, but in most of the pictures, it has the skinwalker uh antlers. So I could see where that maybe kind of crossed into where people thought Wendigos and Skinwalkers were very similar looking. But basically if you remove the antlers, the Wachuge would look very close to what an actual Wendigo looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like teeth and gums exposed, just completely, yeah. So if you see a creature that looks like a Wendigo with antlers, more than likely it's that thing. Which you get. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. But Uh, if you see a creature that has a deer head with antlers, it is not a Wendigo. If it is someone, please correct me, but everything I have read, skinwalkers shapeshift, so skinwalkers can look like deer. They mostly turn into deer and wolves. So... Wendigos don't do that. They're very humanoid looking. So if you see one that has a deer head, it's it's not a Wendigo. Because if you Google Wendigo, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to get a shit ton of Skinwalker pictures. So just a heads up for you there. But one of my really, really good friends, um, we had a talk the other day because she thought a Wendigo was a Skinwalker. And I said no. And I explained it to her and she was like, bitch. She's like, you got me done fucked up. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Well, it's because they are so similar mm-hmm. looking. I know that was one of our biggest gripes when we did the Helltown podcast in Boston, Ohio, that the the kind of pseudo fake documentary movie we saw about there possibly being a Wendigo there, which is also something that had been rumored of being there. Unfortunately, 
even though they got the region right, because the, so the Algonquin people are an indigenous tribe that's widespread throughout North America, but mainly they were around the Northern U.S. region into Southern parts of Canada. So in Northern Ohio, there were Algonquin. So that would fit that Wendigo sightings would be in that area of Boston, Ohio, because that's close to where the Algonquin were. But unfortunately, in this pseudo documentary thing, which was actually produced in Canada, which is kind of like, guys, come on. Um, Get it together. Like you dropped the ball. Uh, They unfortunately made the creature look almost identical to a skinwalker, even in the way that they described it with seeing the antlers. Um, About the only thing that they got right with referring to it as a Wendigo was it uh, being a cannibal. Being Mm -hmm. cannibalistic. Um, Now, what skinwalkers, another difference between the two is Wendigos kill to eat. Because they'll yes. kill people to eat them. Yes. yes. Um, skinwalkers kill animals and people for sport. They don't need right. to eat it. They, they're they fine. Like, they just do it because they can. Yeah. So that's another major yeah, difference when, between when them. Yeah, Wendigos actually have, like, an insatiable hunger. Like, it's never... Like, that was something that I thought was pretty spot on in the Helltown thing when they were talking about how that how the town of Boston, how the old residents were feeding it. And cause that was something that was basically how a lot of the folklore with the Wendigo happened in, uh, Algonquin. Um, and even in other tribes that are similar, like, um, I know there's a, there's a Cree, the, uh, Ojibwa and the Cree nation also, uh, have, adopted the Wendigo into their folklore as well. And it's kind of similar how in not only indigenous peoples, but even in Christianity and other belief forms that, especially way, way back, way, way back when, you know, obviously they couldn't Google it. Most of them were illiterate, didn't know. If there would be illness in the town that they couldn't explain or famine or the crops won't grow one season instead of instead of putting that to something that would have that would have to do with nature or agriculturally automatically it was a demon automatically it was a demon i mean the salem witch trials you know there were things going around crop uh, somebody's crops weren't growing well that's because your neighbor cursed you and that neighbor's a witch so it's it's similar like that was the thing that was happening in some of these Cree, Ojibwa, and Algonquin nations that if something were to happen within the village that was affecting their people, their crops weren't growing, their family was sick, they were having a lot of death, whatever, it was a Wendigo. It was automatically blamed on a Wendigo. And even a family member could turn into a Wendigo. And that we'll go more into that story Um I've got a great short story I want to read you guys from this book I got. And it mentions a guy. Oh, it's such a great campfire story. It's a great campfire story. And we go into this guy who was a supposed Wendigo hunter. Um, a bit of a Van, Van Helsing, if you will, for Wendigos. Uh, <laughs> it's like the first thing that made me think of it. I was like, oh, it's very Van Helsing. Yes. He, he believed 
And even families believed that if their if their family member was afflicted, it could have very well been mental illness. Now you guys have to remember too, 1800s, 1900s, especially in these indigenous nations, they're not going to know what mental illness is. And they could have somebody in their family that was schizophrenic, bipolar, manic episodes, imagine, biting people. Imagine, and automatically they'll say, oh, nope, they're a Wendigo. Well, imagine not knowing what, especially schizophrenia. Uh, imagine Especially. That. If you don't know oh what that is. Oh, my God. In some cases of schizophrenia are really, really bad. Especially if they're having a schizoid psychotic episode. They you would literally, literally oh, you think would, they were like going insane. Yeah, like you would you be like, "Oh, they're a Wendigo." Yeah. yeah, they're they're crazy, right? Because if you don't know what that is, like schizophrenia is fucking crazy. So it's really debilitating. It can be horribly debilitating, and if, and rightly, mm-hmm. if you did not know what it was, mm-hmm. certain tribes, groups, cults, religions, whatever you want to call it. You're a demon, you're a witch, you're a wendigo, you're a whatever. So right, No, we're just schizophrenic over here. <laughs> so it's interesting because that leads us to the next part of this Wikipedia page that states that this is an act, this is actually. So the creature lends <laughs> its name to the controversial modern medical term wendigo psychosis, described by psychiatrists as a culture-bound syndrome with symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. In some indigenous communities, environmental destruction and insatiable greed are also seen as a manifestation of Wendigo psychosis. Um, yeah, got, so it's apparently not well, something... Well, shit. I know, isn't that crazy? No, so, I'm just saying like... Like, damn it, I got it. Uh, so wait, is the girl from Raw Wendigo? I was gonna say, probably. <laughs> it's a great fucking movie. Oh my god, that's a great. Oh my it. god, great movie. Oh, so good. Um, guys, there have been recent reports, as recent as 2013, of people stating this Wendigo psychosis. So apparently, the first time it was mentioned was in 1661. Whoa. Um. Oh yeah going all the way back let's go back so it was it's not from so there's an entire like medical journal out there where certain psychosis are given a code so this one isn't one that's like widely used is what i'm trying to say like it's not as widely used as like depression or other ones like that other other mental disorders this is one that just specifically started in mostly indigenous communities like we mentioned, psychiatrists say that it's something that's culture bound. So it's been so ingrained in the culture of the Algonquin people that in times of, um, again, environmental destruction, uh, just something going on wrong within the tribe or their land or whatever, automatically it was deemed a Wendigo, but then it took a step further that this was possibly a psychosis that people were... So that's something that's even more different than a skinwalker, that possibly what a Wendigo is is somebody that's going through some type of psychosis. Again, leading back to what we were saying about schizophrenia, but it was actually given the name Wendigo psychosis instead of schizoid or a psychotic breakdown or what have you, because people... Well, and the difference would be versus an actual psychotic breakdown a a very descript 
diagnosis of what Wendigo psychosis is, is that you actually think you are becoming a Wendigo. You have an insatiable uh, lust for eating human flesh and becoming a cannibal. So like you specifically feel yourself turning into one. So like that is even more insane to think that, well, maybe reports of people being Wendigos, maybe it was more of them just thinking, maybe they actually had this psychosis. Maybe it was more this than that they were this actual cryptid creature. Cause that's more, that's more so of what Wendigos have been described as Mm -hmm. along with, skinwalkers is that they're kind of uh put in the same vein as uh cryptids like bigfoot right what have you a little more terrifying which i mean yeah you could necessarily but i mean i'm i'm kind of buying more into this wendigo psychosis thing yeah like i believe in skinwalkers but this sounds more like a mental like this was an actual mental, mental disorder yeah. like a, but it was more culturally bound it was a culturally bound mental right. disorder mm-hmm. i'm yeah i'm kind of I'm in, yeah. buying more into that idea same so wendigos have several different spellings of their names depending on which source they're coming from and like we said the um there's the ojibwa language the algonquin language as well as the cree language um and not the cree from Captain Marvel. No. C-R-E-E. Not K. I think the Captain Marvel Cree was K. Okay. Yeah. They are a, <laughs> the Cree Nation is a dialect continuum of the Algonquin. Um, there's about 117,000 people that still speak Cree. Um, and they're mostly across Canada and the Northwest Territories uh, around Alberta. Um, it's actually ca- classified as a uh, Aboriginal lang- language. Cree is. Um, and the Ojibwa language, um, is mostly in and around, in and around. <laughs> it's in and around. Wound about way. Um, <laughs> Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, those areas. Um, and if they're, oh, well, some parts of the U.S. as well, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. So some of those Northern areas. Um, but they all center a around the Algonquin tribe. Um, The folklore has been described as part of the traditional belief system of a number of Algonquin speaking people. Um, Most of the descriptions vary somewhat, um, but the cultures view that the Wendigo is a malevolent cannibalistic supernatural being. Same. Uh, they were strongly associated with winter, north, coldness, famine, and starvation, as we mentioned. That's probably why they look so... Yep. Like, they look... The best... The one I posted today, the picture that I posted today, was from Until Dawn. And I'm telling you, Until Dawn got it right on the nose with how they look. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, they got it so good. And like how they turn into them, and and the it just everything was just so spot on. Like whoever did Until Dawn did their motherfucking research. Well, I want to bring up a quick thing about Until Dawn that I think is interesting because um, in popular culture, two of the most popular uh, mentions of Wendigos are uh, Pet Cemetery, as most of us know from the original novel, 
Uh, it describes the personification of evil, an ugly grinning creature with yellow gray eyes, ears placed by ram's horns, white vapor coming from its nostrils, and a pointed decaying yellow tongue. Same. That's how it's described in Pet Cemetery. Just in the morning, right? Just before, in the yeah. Before just coffee. The, before well, coffee. Well, sometimes coffee um, makes my tongue yellow. I even mean. more so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the so basically the very first time that in that a Wendigo is mentioned in literature in uh, non-indigenous literature, I should say. So this would be to the English-speaking public was by an author in 1910 by the name of Algernon Blackwood who wrote a short story called The Wendigo. And um, coincidentally enough, uh, Until Dawn, the forest that the Wendigos are, I guess, more populated in, in the game. I've never played the game, so I apologize. But that forest is called Blackwood Forest. So Until Dawn gave a little nod to Algernon Blackwood is basically being the first published, he basically wrote the first published English-speaking non-Indigenous book based on the Wendigo. So they gave him a little nod there. So I thought that was interesting that Until Dawn not only had the best physical description, more modern-day physical description of what a Wendigo would actually look like, but even gave a little tip of the hat to uh, Algernon Blackwood by naming the forest after him. Um, I should also mention that H.P. Lovecraft absolutely loved the Wendigo story. He described it as another amazingly potent, though less artistically finished tale, is the Wendigo, where we are confronted by horrible evidences of a vast forest demon about which Northwood's lumbermen whisper at evening. The manner in which certain footprints tell certain unbelievable things is really a marked triumph in craftsmanship. Um, later on, there is a short story written in the Cthulhu mythos called the Ithaca. And Bless the Ithaca is directly inspired by the Wendigo. So uh, Wendigo even became a part of the Cthulhu mythos. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft loved the story so much. So um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting that two of the, two of the most accurate descriptions and most popular uh, evidences probably more so now of a Wendigo would be from Pet Cemetery and Until Dawn. Until Dawn did like, Until Dawn was my introduction to Wendigos yeah. actually. Um, because the whole, most of the beginning of the game. And if you guys are gamers, even if you're not gamers, uh, I highly suggest watching someone play this because it's literally like a movie. Rami Malek is in it. Uh, Hayden Panettiere is in it. I mean, like, it's it's crazy. The, the names, and they look identical to them, too, which is crazy. Um, but when most of the beginning of the game, you don't even know what's coming after you. You you get bits and pieces of what's going on, but you never really know what it is. And so, like, literally halfway through the game, when you finally see one... I, I even remember, I was like, what in the fucking hell shit was that? Because they're fast. They're so fast. And um, they see, hit, they see you see through their eyes a lot. 
at first, which you can tell that they're very heat sensitive. They see movement. So if you're not moving, they can't see you. So there's like points in the game too where you have to stand perfectly still. Like you cannot move your controller. You have to hold the controller perfectly still. And if you barely tip it and you move, you're dead. Like instantly. Um, the game is choice based and it's very, very cool. Like I said, if you're not a gamer and you're kind of like, I would like to see this. There are plenty of playthroughs online. I highly suggest Markiplier. Markiplier is one of my personal favorites and he's actually from Cincinnati. Um, he does a playthrough of it. I highly suggest watching his um, and just watching him play through it because every your choice, you're supposed to keep everybody alive, but that's like near impossible. Apparently I can't do it. I've killed usually all of them except like one or two people, but I'm like, I tried. <laughs> but um, as far as like this, the whole story of it, it's incredible. The story, there's a real genuine story in it. The ending is so fucking sad. Uh, when you find out like what really happened in the whole thing. And then I, if, when you're done with that, go back and watch a playthrough of a VR game called The Inpatient. And that's actually a prequel to Until Dawn and kind of shows you what happened in a hospital to kind of start the whole Wendigo process. So. I will do episodes of these for sure when we do the um, the Patreon and when I do video games. I will go in an in-depth discussion about both of those games for sure. But there's kind of an overview for you. <laughs> well, I figured that game would probably be a good introduction. Especially with, you know, what we do here and just kind of its basis as a horror video game too. It is actually my favorite besides Slender the Arrival. It is my favorite horror video game out there. Cause it's just, it's so terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And it's set in a forest at a, a cabin in the forest. And that's. Oh, okay. So the forest, that would be the one that was named after mm -hmm. uh, Blackwood. Okay. That and the sense. cool thing about it is that you don't only have Wendigos as your uh, antagonist. That's not the only the only thing. Just to give you a heads up there. <laughs> um, I wanted to go back to a description of a Wendigo. Um, there was an Ojibwa teacher uh, who's also a scholar in Ontario by the name of uh, Basil Johnston. Uh, I I think this is a really, probably one of the best firsthand accounts of uh, a Wendigo. He said that the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its dissected skin, or desicted skin pulled tightly over its bones with its bones pushing out against its skin its complexion the ash gray of death and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets the wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinteared from the grave what lips it had were tattered and bloody unclean and suffering from the separation of flesh the wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption that's pretty, that's pretty legit. Uh, yeah. That's why I said that, that's about as spot on as you were going to get from yep. a firsthand account from someone who is uh, Ojibwa to give you a really, really accurate description of what they look like. Um, so going back to some of the other tribes and their beliefs in Wendigos. So the most common belief is that humans overpowered by greed would turn into Wendigos or ones that would have to resort to cannibalism to survive. Um, 
they would it was kind of serve as a method to encourage cooperation and moderate modern moderation so not to eat too much want too much um it was kind of a cautionary tale like you could become a wendigo if you did xyz um now in the ojibwa and cree and even the innu lore the innu is um they're mostly from uh quebec area uh, around hudson bay in canada um now their description of a wendigo is uh again it's still a malevolent cannibalistic supernatural being strong ties with winter coldness famine starvation but they describe it more as um it almost and if anybody watched i did not i kind of stopped i think around like the second season i was watching it on adult swim um anybody that got into attack on titan this reminds me so much of the giants from attack on titan they believed that wendigos were giants they were actually larger than human beings and that whenever a wendigo would eat another person they would grow in size so they were simultaneously gluttonous and extremely thin at the same time so like if anybody out there was an attack on titan fan they look like these the, the giants that attack this town look like these big corpses i mean you could see their muscles they didn't have skin they had no lips they had no eyelids they were like really gaunt and skinny but they were giants and they ate people they ate all the people in town it's actually really fucked up and the more that they <laughs> and i mean graphically like yeah. they show them like biting into them and like you know listen blood coming down me, their lips let me say something real quick if none of you have seen an anime in your life. Yeah, watch Attack on Titan, at least the first fucking season. Just give it a shot. It is so good. It's a it great storyline. It is very good, but what I was about to say was anime is not for children. It no. is so graphic no. and brutal. And I could, if y'all want to watch some good horror anime, hit your girl up. This ain't Sailor Moon, folks. Hit your girl up, because Tokyo Ghoul is also fantastic. Yeah. And so is... Uh, Blue Demon, I think is what it's called. Yeah. But anyway. Not all, on, not all like, anime is fucking Sailor Moon. That's anime all we're put is, out there. There's some anime out there that really is fucked up. But like, I had to bring that up because that just right. sounded that sounded exactly like a like Titan, Titan, Titan yeah. to me immediately. And that That's a great show. That just made Wendigo really, sound really even more sad. Too, it's sad. It really is sad. God, it's so sad. But that, to me, made Wendigos even more terrifying. I'm sorry. Oh. Just to describe them as fucking giants, like, well, horrifying seen... enough, but then them being gigantic. Like, Have you seen those pictures that people fake? They're not yeah. real. Oh, yeah. yeah of, yeah. like, nighttime. Yeah. And these giant, thin-looking creatures are, like, lurking. Yeah. That's what I thought of when you said that. And yeah. I'm like... <laughs> that that right there <laughs> that sound no um so among the Cree and ojibwa nations there's actually a ceremonial dance that they do i would like times you to of tell, famine. i would like you to say the name of this dance oh my god do i really have to i tell you what i'll do it it is called the Wendigo Exactly. <laughs> you did way better than Thank I would you. have done. You, you did way better. Way better than I would have done. So they <laughs> actually they actually wear masks 
similar to what a, uh, I actually looked this up. They wear masks similar to what a Wendigo would look like and they dance backwards. So it's almost like to confuse them in a way. Um, the very last known ceremony that took place in the U.S. was done at Lake Wendigo of Star Island. Now, there, this, was, this lake was actually named after Wendigos. Uh, it's a small lake on Star Island that's in northern Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. The lake derives its name from the Algonquin mythology. Uh, even here, it's described as a cryptoid. That's funny. So Wendigos oh. are still they're they're still described as uh, cryptids in some in some uh, literature, which like I said, I could see I could see why based on how they look. I could definitely see why for sure. Um, so getting a little bit more into the Wendigo psychosis thing, um, one of the first historical accounts, like I said, was in 1661. Do you want me to talk? Some? In a book, if you want to read this part, I was, was going to say because yeah, totally you're about to read, read this, this story, so I was totally going to ask if you wanted to. This is long. Um, it's the Jesuit Relations. It was a chronicle of Jesuit missions um, that was written in the 1600s. So it was like the first Jesuits that were coming over to First Nations and learning different ethnographic cultures. Um, and yeah, this is a this is a really fucking crazy story. So yeah, it if really you want to go ahead and read yeah. it, because this actually, real quick though, before you read this, there was a really it this story actually, because I've read it before. And it made me think a lot, if you guys have never seen this movie, I thought this was a really underrated, great horror film that came out in 1999 called Ravenous, if anybody remembers this Oh my god, yes! This story makes me think about Ravenous. This movie, like, it was, parts of it, I know it was kind of supposed to be like a dark comedy sort of thing, but like... It was just so crazy because it even part of the movie I remember mentions that uh you know so there's these travelers and and they become frostbitten and it's during the Mexican American War and it's in Sierra Nevada and it's just got all and so these these they warn these guys to not result to cannibalism because if you do you could turn into a Wendigo. And that's what they think happened to this one main guy that he turned into a Wendigo because he becomes a cannibal. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I've read this story and after after you read it, Casper, and people hear it, like if you've seen Ravenous, like just, just keep that in the back of your head. And if you've never seen it, it's a very underrated horror film. And I, think I agree with that. Everybody I agree with needs that. to watch it. So I'll let you go ahead. I'm like, are you going to read it in French? <laughs> I was totally kidding. I am not going to sit here and read this whole motherfucking thing. Baguette. <laughs> I'm over here immediately just thinking about Delphine. Delphine. <laughs> just, just Delphine, Delphine right now. Oh. I get it. <laughs> Everybody does. 
Anyway. What caused us greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men deputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming had met their whoa had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those poor men, according to the report given to us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease which affect their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey, and the more greedily the more they eat." This ailment attacked our deputies, and as death is so the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Y'all, that's... That, woof. Hold on. That's horrifying. Pour et restore ces martes, ils ont esté massacres pour et restore les cours de l'humanité. I was like, what? I just had to read some of that in French. That was probably... Terrible, but we apologize. To the, I'm I'm to definitely the better in reading people. Spanish than I am French. French is a different accent that I'm terrible at, and I can't really read Spanish because throaty. I can't roll my tongue. I can roll my Whoa. tongue. I can roll my tongue with Spanish, but I can't do French because it's super super throaty. It's very throaty. So one of the more famous cases of Wendigo psychosis. Psychosis reported involved a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner. During the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving and his eldest son died. 25 miles away from emergency food supplies at Hudson Bay's company post, he butchered and ate his wife and five remaining ch- Listen. How hungry, though? Mm-hmm. You killed your you killed and ate your wife and then your five remaining children. That close to food supplies. Given that he resorted to cannibalism so near food supplies that he consumed the in ooh, that he killed and consumed the remains of all those present, it was revealed that he was not a case of pure cannibalism as a last resort to avoid starvation, but rather a man with Wendigo psychosis. He eventually confessed and was executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. Another well-known case involving Wendigo psychosis was that of Jack Fiddler, an Ojakree chief medicine man known for his powers at defeating Wendigos. In some cases, this entailed killing people with Wendigo Wendigo psychosis. As a result, in 1907, him and his brother were arrested by the Canadian authorities for homicide, he committed suicide, but Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He ultimately was granted a pardon, but died three days later in jail before receiving the news of his pardon. Do you want to read your story? Because it's that before we... Yeah. Okay. It goes right into Jack Riddler. Um, Not Jack the Ripper. No. Jack Riddler. Jack Riddler. But was he the Riddler? That actually wasn't... Uh, that was sort of the name of... <laughs> That was the English name he was given. His OG Cree name means he who stands in the southern sky. Uh, Zawanu Gazigu Galbo. I probably ruined that. And I am so sorry. Um, but he belonged to a group 
um, that called themselves the uh, Sucker Clan. Um, I think it was just a name. I was trying to see where they actually got that name from. Okay, yeah. So they adopted themselves as the Sucker Clan during the previous century. Um, they were just kind of a mixture, I think, of different indigenous nations among the, um, well, so there was a group of people that they called themselves that, but they belonged to a group of indigenous people called the um, Anishan Anishinaabe. I don't want to say that too quick. Um, the Anishinaabe was just kind of a name that was given to a whole group of indigenous people that resided between Canada and the U.S. So that was the Algonquin, that was the Oji Cree, that was the Ojibwa, that was the Odawa, that was... So they were just kind of all lumped into the Ashinaabe. Um, but these people that Jack Fiddler's group and their little area of town, they called themselves the sucker people. So they were one of the last Aboriginal peoples living in North America that were completely under their own law and custom. I just wanted to mention that because I'm sure a lot of people are probably wondering, how in the fuck did they get away? Did he get away with killing people? Well, they're in their tribe and their little sucker tribe that they had, that was what they believed. That they had their own laws. They did not have to follow Canadian law. So if somebody was a Wendigo, that's how you took them out. You killed them. Bottom line. Okay, bye. Like, that was it. You got to go. Got to go. You got to go. So this is a really great book that I got called Monsters of the Midwest. True Tales of Bigfoot, Werewolves, and Other Legendary Creatures. When you, found, by... when you found the book, did you go, oh. I did. I'm so sorry. It's an I had, Ohio thing. I had to, it's, it's a Midwest thing. It's a Midwest apparently. thing. It's a Midwest thing. I did. So, I was very excited, yeah. oh. actually. Because I was excited. Um, it's by Jessica Freeberg and Natalie Fowler. And it's actually just different stories. Um, they're really great creepy tales and campfire stories, basically. They're uh, documented, the most chilling creatures in the Midwest. So these are all Midwest stories. Um, from Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. So this, the very first story in here is called The Wendigo of All Things. And first it starts off with a story and then we'll lead into where Jack Fiddler is mentioned. So this is from Ross Township, Minnesota in the late 1800s. Jack Nelson rounded the corner of the dirt road that led to the Mickinock homestead. His thoughts had been with the family ever since he'd heard that they had returned quickly from a hunting trip in Canada just north of Indian Village because Mrs. Mickinock was unwell. They were young with family, I'm sorry, they were a young family with small children, and Jake wanted to see if there was anything he could do for them. He carried a small basket of food that his wife had prepared. Mr. Mickinock emerged from the barn carrying a pail. Howdy, said Jake. Mickinock looked up, a weary expression clouding his face. Hey there, Jake, he replied. I heard about your missus, Jake said, nodding toward the house solemnly. I wanted to see how you're doing. Mickinock set the pail on the ground, fresh milk sloshed from side to side, nearly spilling over the lip. Well, we've been better. She's been in bed since we got home. She told me before we came back that death had taken control of her. He glanced toward the house, then back at Jake. That's how she said it. 
Jake, and I believe she she might be right. Her skin is so pale you can almost see through it, and she just sleeps all day. The children won't leave her side. He shook his head sadly. Well, she's been in our prayers. Your whole family has been, Jake replied, and we'll keep on praying. I appreciate that very much, Mickinock said. This is for you and your kids, Jake said, lifting up the basket. Just some cornbread jam and apple pie, stuff my wife thought you all might enjoy. Thank you. The kids are missing their mama's good food. I sure can't make much, Mickinock replied. He took the basket in one hand, lifted the pail of milk with the other. I'd invite you in, but she's sleeping. Jake nodded and said, you just holler if you need anything. We're not far down the road. Mr. Mickinock nodded, smiled sadly before walking to the house. As the, as the door closed behind him, Jake looked around the yard. Several pieces of wood were scattered near a chopping stump and an axe propped against a nearby tree. He thought for a minute about chopping some more for the family, but worried that the sound would wake Mrs. Mickinock. He noticed a small stack of freshly chopped wood neatly piled near the door, and he figured that'd be set for at least a day or two. He decided to stop by tomorrow and see about chopping the rest. Looking away from the house, something caught his eye in the muddy muskeg just beyond the wood pile. Something seemed to be rising out of the bog. At first, it was just two pair of bright lights, much like the orbs he had seen floating around the, the muskeg behind his own home. I almost lost my place. They seemed to rise from the marshy ground and float around the trees before fading away. When he'd seen them before at his own property, his friend Billy McGillis explained that the lights were from Billy! gas. I know, right? Perfect. <laughs> Rising out of the marsh. These orbs were different. They were not floating independently through the air. They were set together into a gaunt face. The nope. face was covered in an ashen skin that seemed to be stretched across nothing but jaw and orbital bone. As it rose higher, Jake saw that it was an entire creature. The monster, tall and thin, stood roughly about 15 feet high as it emerged from the watery ground. Jake squinted and it appeared to be dressed in white lace. A wendigo, he whispered. He I'm sorry, you said white lace, and my my brain just I'm automatically pictured a wendigo in a wedding dress. I, know, I don't right? know why that happened, <laughs> but I was immediately. Like, <laughs> he's just getting ready for his wedding. Um, <laughs> he scrambled back and tripped over a stray log. He didn't stop to see if the thing was coming any farther out of the water. He pushed himself back up and ran down the road. Jake remembered hearing the natives talk about the Wendigo creature many times. They claimed it came like a banshee to foretell death. They said a horrible curse fell upon any man who saw it and that the man would resort to eating human flesh for survival. The natives in Indian Village even spoke about a shaman known as Jack Fiddler, who was said to hunt Wendigos. He lived up in far northern Ontario. Could such a creature really exist? By the time he was 100 yards away, Jake began to doubt if he had seen anything at all. He turned to look back. To his horror, he still saw the creature, now retreating into the bog. Fear pulsed through his body as he watched it, unable to break his gaze. He felt an urgent pressing need to know where the monster was going. The thing stumbled, nearly falling, as it sloshed through the standing water and rotting vegetation. Terrified by what he had seen, Jack turned and ran down the road toward his home. Would it come after him? Could he really... Could it really affect him as it had reportedly done to others? Jake did not stop running until he was safely in his own home. The next morning, he was still shaken by what he had seen, but he had to return. He was determined to help his neighbors any way he could. When he arrived, the children were standing in the front yard, their faces streaked with tears. The doctor stood near the front door speaking to Mr. Mickinock. Doc patted the poor man's back sympathetically before walking toward the door. As Doc neared Jake, he shook his head and said, She passed away this morning. Jack looked from the door, Jack looked from the doctor to the children, who had just lost her mother, then out of the muskeg behind the small house 
He half expected to see the creature looming through the trees, but there was nothing except a gentle breeze rattling the green shrubs that sprouted along the muddy bog. The wendigo was gone, but with it went a young wife and mother. Jack wondered again with a shiver if the monster had seen him and if Jake himself would also be cursed. So it goes on to explain a little bit about Jack. Uh, Jack Fiddler, the shaman whom the American Indians of Indian Village had spoke about, was arrested alongside his brother Joseph by Canadian authorities in 1907 for the murder of Joseph's mentally ill daughter-in-law. The men admitted to the crime, but claimed she had become a wendigo, and in accordance with tradition, needed to be eliminated to protect others. After being arrested, Jack admitted to killing 14 other people who he, belie who he believed had also become wendigos. Before the brothers could be tried and convicted, Jack escaped from prison. He committed suicide by hanging himself from a tree. His brother, Joseph, was tried and convicted. He died in prison in 1909. I feel like we should have a full episode of stories like that. I don't know why, but I was like, I, I was like super into listening. I know, I really want to do more like that. I was like, like really that. into that. <laughs> Like, well, guys, it's part of the reason why I love uh, Time Suck and Scared to Death podcast so much. I and that's why I love them, Be Busta but... and, um, oh, there's another one I really like on YouTube. Just Creepy. Be Busta and Just Creepy. They do stories. a lot of stories like that. And I love A them. lot of stories. Anyway. <laughs> um, so just real quick, uh, some background about Jack Fiddler. Uh, he was born in the Upper Seven River near Sandy Lake, Deer Lake, and North Spirit Lake in the 1830s or the 1840s. So uh, this is basically in what is now known as Northern Ontario, Canada, so in and around that area. Um, his father was uh, Porcupine Standing Sideways. Uh, that is literally how the name is uh, translated. He was a mysterious figure from the East who was adopted into the Sucker Clan during the previous century and was a respected political and spiritual leader. Well, fun fact, do you know how Indians used to name their kids? Like Native Americans? They would name their kid after the first thing they saw. After they had the kid. That's right. So that's Actually why when you said that, that I movie. slightly giggled because I was like, oh my God, this person saw a porcupine standing sideways. Well, he who stands in the southern sky was how Jack Fiddler got his name, so... <laughs> um, the suckers were not the only group in the area, and they were allied by the Pelican and Sturgeon clans, um, who also had contact with the Cranes as well. So this was all these different clans that were um, of the Anishinaabe uh, language, uh, which was a Cree dialect. But again, all of them basically belonged to the Algonquin. Uh, so his family was a part of the fur trade. Um, up until the 1860s, the number of fur-bearing animals had increased, and uh, he, Jack Fiddler, ended up emerging as one of the leaders um, by being basically such a great fur trapper. Um, him and his brother uh, also became prominent leaders, and uh, Jack was... Uh, Oh, well, I guess polygamy was also very common there as well. He had 13 kids amongst five of his wives. So when he, his father, like we mentioned, was a spiritual leader, also known as a shaman. Uh, so Jack followed in his footsteps and became a shaman. And more importantly to people in that region, Jack was one of few that had allegedly defeated a Wendigo. Um, in his lifetime, 
Again, like we mentioned, he had claimed to defeat up to 14 of them. Apparently, some were sent against his people by enemy shamans, and other were members of his own band who were taken with an insatiable and curable desire to eat human flesh. In some cases, the Wendigo, him or herself, would ask to be euthanized, and according to necessary rites, Fiddler's own brother was killed after supposedly turning into a Wendigo when he resorted, when he desired to resort to cannibalism when food ran out on a trading expedition. Uh, HBC traders and Cree mission, Crees and missionaries were well aware of the Wendigo legend, though they often explained it as mental illness. So again, that's when we were talking about missionaries, uh, the 1661 story that Casper read about Jesuit missionaries encountering Wendigos, uh, that was around the time that they really didn't know what they were. And it was more believed that it possibly could have been a mental illness. Um, and again, this Wendigo psychosis. Uh, I feel I'm the more we're reading into this, the more I'm leaning a lot towards that. Well, the thing, so what brings us to the story of ultimately his arrest was in 1907 there had been rumors going around and it actually had come from one of Jack Fiddler's own in-laws that he had killed his own daughter-in-law, which everyone in the town believed was mentally ill, but that he believed had become a Wendigo. Um, and once it left the town and reached the Mounties, the Northwest Mounted Police visited Island Lake to question Jack and his brother Joseph. That was the first time that they had ever seen white people. Ever. Um, so the elder brothers were charged with murdering Joseph's daughter-in-law the year before. Uh, they were held at Norway House, which was in Lake Winnipeg in Manitoba. And uh, while they were held there to await trial, Newspapers all across Canada sensationalized the story. They called it devil worship. Uh, of course they did. Just, they just basically vilified Jack Fiddler and said he was this crazy, murderous devil worshiper that killed a bunch of people. Why is it, why is um, it always that we always resort, resort to devil worshipers? Because white people didn't know what it was. That's true. If white when white people don't know what it is, it's, it's evil. Devil. It's evil and it's the devil. It's automatically evil and That's devil. actually I mean, it's very true. Very, very <laughs> fucking accurate. Uh, the Salem Witch Trials. Shall we go on? <laughs> um, there's like so many examples. Yeah, that was just one. That was literally just one. So this was early 1907. By September 30th, Jack escaped captivity. He was actually on a walk. They had let him take a walk outside and he escaped from captors and uh, he was found nearby uh, the next day hanging from a tree. Um, his brother did go to trial, uh, testified that his daughter-in-law was killed because she was in deep pain and an incurable sickness, according to a custom of people that were not aware of Canadian law. Um, so impressed with the issue, uh, Angus Ray, who was actually an eyewitness to the murder, admitted that it was a belief among his people that Jack and Joseph were the ones who were usually asked to euthanize very sick people and prevent 
Wendigos. So even if people hadn't become Wendigos, it was thought that if they were sick in any way, shape, or form, kill them before they're even given a chance to turn into a Wendigo. Otherwise, they could attack the attack their family and the whole village. Um, despite unreliable testimony and pleas from missionaries, Joseph was convicted and sentenced to death. Uh, further appeals secured his release, but the order came three days after his death, two years later in 1909. So in the aftermath, without their most prominent leader, the people of the Upper Severn River had no choice but to accept government rule. Robert Fiddler, who was Jack's son, signed an addition to Treaty 5 as chief of the Deer Lake Band in 1910 and chose to settle at Deer Lake. Later, several families, including the Fiddlers, moved to Sandy Lake and became a part of Treaty 9. Um, so these were agreements signed um, between the Algonquin and Cree communities to the Crown uh, that basically just gave Canada and the province of Ontario government jurisdiction over them now. So they were no longer allowed to live under their own indigenous laws. They were forced to live under Canadian law after this. Like they had no choice. That was Jack Fiddler's story was pretty much the final straw to where they said no longer can indigenous people live under their own rules and laws anymore. Like, we got live. problems. Because like we were saying, you know, it it was mentioned that 14 of these people, that these were from enemy tribes. So who's to know if these were just people trying to set people up to be murdered and calling them Wendigos. Right. And again, people who hadn't even turned into Wendigos, quote unquote, Wendigos yet. They were just sick and, and possibly mentally ill and showing these symptoms that they were very, very, very mentally sick. But nope, we're not even going to give him a chance because... He can't just go around killing people. And that's basically what he did. 14 people. One of them was his own daughter-in-law. And everybody was... They were like, well, you know, we're fine with this because his father was held in such high regard within the tribe for so many years as being this very powerful political leader and shaman that when he followed in his father's footsteps everybody in the tribe and the in the clan just went right along with whatever he said and if he said this is how you get rid of wendigos and they're a wendigo then people just he was law the only law that they knew do you know what he did so he went around he goes this is how we do it <laughs> This is Friday night. End up killing Wendigos. <laughs> I had to. That's great. I couldn't resist. So the fascination with the Wendigo psychosis among Western psychologists, anthropologists, and ethnographers led to a hotly debated controversy in the 1980s over histo... Hist Historicity. Thank Good you. Lord. I can't want to say histocracy for that some reason. Word. I know. I was like histocracy. No, histocracy. No. 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 Hist <laughs> of this phenomenon. Do 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 do. Some reachers were. Reachers. <laughs> uh, you know what's so funny is Dan did the exact same thing when he was reading the wind. He's like, I can't say phenomenon. Right? <coughs> do 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 do. do. 
Do, 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 do. Some researchers argued that essentially Wendigo psychosis was a fabrication, the result of naive anthropo- anthropo- Fuck me! Naive anthropologists Got it. taking stories related to them at face value without observation. Others have pointed to a number of credible eyewitnesses accounts, both by Algonquins and others as evidence that Wendigo psychosis was a factual, factual historical phenomenon. Every fucking time. The frequency of Wendigo psychosis cases decreased sharply in the 20th century as real Algonquin people came into greater and greater contact with European ideologies and more sedentary, less rural... That is a really more hard word More sedentary, me. less rural lifestyle. Thank you. I'm done. I can't read. Why did that sound like, can't you feel? Um, So one quick thing I did want to mention too, because I thought this was absolutely amazing and didn't know anything about this until Dan mentioned it. And it's actually right here in the Wikipedia. The Wendigo appears in American comic book published by Marvel. Created by writer Steve Englehart and artist Herb Trippy, the monster is the result of a curse that afflicts those who commit acts of cannibalism in parts of Canada. The Wendigo first appeared in Incredible Hulk number 162, which came out in April of 1973, and the Wendigo was fighting the Incredible Hulk. The Wendigo returned to fight again in the later issue of Incredible Hawk in October of 1974, in which Wolverine made his first ever comic book appearance. Thought that was pretty fucking cool. Fun fucking fact, bitch. So Hulk, Incredible Hulk number 181, where Wolverine makes his first ever comic book appearance in October of 1974, also features a Wendigo coming back to fight the Incredible Hulk. That's kind of dope. I'm into that. That's pretty fucking amazing. I did not know that at I'm all. I thought that, that was pretty fucking incredible. Um, yeah, so like we mentioned, uh, there were cases of Wendigo psychosis going, I mean, literally going as far back as the 1600s to uh, all the way up until, uh, there was actually a report in March of 2013 of someone believing that they had Wendigo psychosis. I mean, maybe you just want to eat people. Did Jeffrey Dahmer have Wendigo psychosis? I know, right? Maybe you just want to eat people. Maybe you're just Hannibal, you know? I mean, I've heard it tastes like pork. I don't know about that, but I want to make that very clear. I don't know. So I was this many years old. I told uh, Casper this. I thought this was pretty interesting. um, I'm so so sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, I got it together. I got it together. (laughs) So uh, I thought it was really interesting that I would always see Chianti in wine aisles. And anybody that's a Sons of the Lambs fan, you know, you see Chianti, you know where that comes from. Fava beans, Chianti, we know. Um, So I was like this many years old 
when I found out why specifically Dr. <coughs> Hannibal Lecter picked Chianti as a wine pairing to human flesh. If you look up Chianti and what wine pairing that what meat that wine pairing goes to, it's to pork. Yeah. So maybe they were right. I was like, what? So, and the reason why I say that is, this is actually something that's been documented in Papua New Guinea and tribes that were formerly cannibalistic tribes. Now, in Papua New Guinea, the only time that they would ever, resor they would ever resort to, to eating human flesh would be the flesh of their enemy. <coughs> so it was almost like a rite of passage kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, oh my god, I totally lost my spot. I'm so sorry. It's okay, Casper I was, died. like, dying, guys, like, literally dying. Like it's about that time. Like, she was choking to death. <laughs> it's fine. We understand. We just didn't want to have coughing right into the uh, microphone. Y'all don't Oh, Silence of the Lambs. So. Yes, the pork Chianti. Got it. So, <laughs> Papua New Guinea tribes, as a rite of passage, when they would kill an enemy, would eat an enemy's flesh. And when researchers started to uh interview these these tribes early on um when they asked them specifically what human flesh tasted like they said the closest resemblance was to pork because they did have pigs that they would eat um and they said that was the meat that closely resembled human flesh was pork so i was like, oh, bravo to Thomas Harris. <laughs> I don't remember if that was in the book because I didn't read the book, Silence of the Lambs. But uh, if he had, if it was in the book or he had bright, or he had something to do with the screenplay, bravo to whoever came up with that line because now we know why Hannibal Lecter had Chianti as a pairing with human flesh because human flesh tastes like pork if you ask cannibalistic tribes in Papua New Guinea, apparently. Um, Me and my roommate were watching um, the first episode of Hannibal yesterday, and I've seen the first season, but I don't remember it very well. I, I don't remember it well either, um, and I hate that I really need to go back and watch and, it, because it show was incredible. When they, they reference it and call it Chucky, he's like, oh, I can't believe they canceled that show. <laughs> but um, she was like, I would rather die than resort to cannibalism, and I said, bitch, I wouldn't. Like, I'm going to be straight up right now, and no one take me to the fucking mental hospital for this shit. If I have was, one of those psychosis. If it was literally between life and death, I would eat a person. Yeah. I mean... Like, I'm sorry, not sorry. The Donner family. I'm a dominant person. I would be like, I mean, you guys, where's the submissive person? You gotta die. Where's the... What was a, a lot of the... Uh, was it the football team that crashed into the Alps? The plane that crashed oh, in the alive? Yeah, yeah, alive yeah. And they I mean, you do what you gotta do. Or if get get an axe or something and, and chop off a... No, I'm not saying it I'm I'm not gonna resort to some termin I mean I might. I'm we might get some terminus <laughs> shit. Just saying. Um No. <laughs> I mean I mean, honestly, if, that if, bad? if we no. were in a post-apocalyptic world where food was literally scarce. Yeah, yeah, it might happen. But there were, I mean, that's kind of indicative if anybody watched uh, the movie. I think it was the movie, Hannibal. It was the prequel. 
So it gave you the backstory oh, yeah. of Hannibal Lecter and how he grew up and <clears throat> his family faced mass starvation and famine. And when you go through, I mean, anybody who has ever lived through that would have a better understanding. I mean, when you're literally starving, this isn't like, oh, I'm starving. And there's a McDonald's right, <laughs> right around no. the corner. Like and you've you're, got, you and you've got food in your house, but you just don't want to fucking make it. That is not starving. That no. is, you literally have nothing. Like you have nothing. The cupboards are bare. You're old mother Hubbard. Like, God damn it. Like you have nothing. Like you're literally fucking nothing. That is starving. And yeah, I mean, you've got to feed your family. You've got to feed yourself. What else are you going to do? So it, it becomes a means of survival. I totally get it. When you when you are facing survival, you are literally brought down to your bare basic instincts at that point. You need food, water, shelter, like you just you need your basic things to stay alive. <clears throat> there is no rationale Mm-mm. there. That's thrown out the fucking window. This your whole entire body mentally and physically, because this is an actual thing, you can look it up, mentally and physically, your entire body will switch into survival mode. And all you are worried about is staying alive by any means necessary. So yeah, I totally get that. I don't... That's why I'm like, I know how I would go, and my brain would be like, well... So that's why, that's why we were saying, you know, I, I love that Casper preference, like, look, I'm not crazy... Uh, don't judge me. Um, but all of us, any one of us, anybody out there listening to this, you have absolutely no idea what. That's why I don't say, don't do this. Oh, I would never. Don't say that. Because you don't know. You don't know. You don't have a clue what you would do. I just know that when I get real hungry, even just now, when I get hungry, I get hangry. Look, I'm hypoglycemic, so hangry, No. <laughs> So I'm like, bitch, I ain't got nothing. It's, it's nothing. hangry. It's hangry. <laughs> Hypoglycemics. <sighs> y'all out there listening, you know. It's <laughs> it ain't hangry. It it's it goes from hangry. You literally to turn into bitch, a wendigo. To bitch, I literally turn into a goddamn <laughs> wendigo. To bitch, I will slit your throat over a Snickers. You better hand it over right the fuck now. My blood sugar is low. Like I turn into a wendigo. Like for real. It's not a hangry, like blood sugar low. Wendigo. <laughs> I did not mean for that. Oh to, my I did not god! Mean for that to Blood sugar low. Wendigo. So does every hypoglycemic have Wendigo psychosis? <laughs> I mean, like a little bit. I think you might have figured it a out a little bit. A little bit. We just we're not eating people, just peanut. Butter. I'm I'm really glad though because you know I I don't want to be eaten. No. By anything. No. Well. like let me i mean i mean all the lesbians just left (laughs) i got it well all the lesbians and queer folk (laughs) all the lesbians laughed all the queers were like (laughs) they're like half like we're like half we're half Uh, I love how we just l- talked about Wendigos and we literally just flat out were like cannibalism. Wade into cannibalism and then a lesbian joke. Um, Seriously though, it, like, watch ra- watch raw. I can't even say it. watch raw. <laughs> watch raw. Watch raw. 
Raw is a great movie. Raw is fantastic. Raw is great. Uh, very of course, Silence of the Lambs. Or Hannibal. I would hope anybody has seen uh, I mean, you never. Silence of the Lambs yet, but. Um, <laughs> hey, Stranger Things. Uh, watch Ravenous. Yeah, Ravenous. God, watch Ravenous. That's, I think I'm going to have to give that a watch again myself. It's been a very, very long time since I've seen that. If you haven't, um, play Until Dawn. If you don't have a console, until watch it. Watch a playthrough. And YouTube. Also, Get on YouTube. Uh, like I said, Markiplier, great. He's fantastic when he's scared. Um, and in the inpatient, I-N, patient, is the prequel to Until Dawn. So do not play, or do not watch or play Inpatient first. Make sure you watch Until Dawn first. Otherwise, Inpatient won't make much sense to you. Um, but yeah, Inpatient is also VR, so it's going to look a lot a lot different. I played that shit in VR and let me, let me, let me tell you how scary that was. A lot. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of games like that in VR would be absolutely horrifying. Like you're literally playing in a hospital where Wendigos take over in V like you're, you're there like your mind because VR like puts you there. Like you're there. So, and I'm like, I'm looking all around. I'm sitting on a fucking couch and I'm like looking behind me and I'm like freaking out. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's one of those things like if you can enjoy being terrified, it's a it's a rush. It's but I'm the weirdo like who's like, I'm going to play this horror video. Shuts my door, closes, turns off all the lights. Turn the lights out. Puts on my headphones, turns it up and I'm like, scare like, me, bitch. Like, let's get this. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got tonight, guys. I know this was a short one. Um, but like we said, we could have gone into a huge deep dive. Um, please guys give time suck and scared to death podcast a follow. And if you really, really, I, I cannot stress enough how great Dan Cummins did with his research about when to goes on the time suck episode. And he did probably just as bad of a job with pronunciations as I did. I am so sorry. I hope we did good. I think we, we did, tried. We did better than most. Um, and I kept. I I did just want to mention too. It. I am so incredibly sorry if I offended anyone. It's Algonquin. I have a really hard time with saying Algonquin, and I think a lot of people do that. And it's Algonquin. I am so sorry to any First Nation people out there. I did not mean to offend whatsoever <laughs> i highly respect you guys so much same um yeah the wendigo story is incredible to me i i am just as obsessed now with wendigos as casper is with skinwalkers and i think more and more now for me um i think i'm pretty set that in my opinion skinwalkers are interdimensional demons and wendigos is a mental disorder I'm really starting to believe that. I firmly believe that this Wendigo psychosis thing is a real thing. And uh, RIP to the innocent people that Jack Fiddler <laughs> murdered. Because uh, I, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. That was a really, really, really fucked up story. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> innocent innocent people as far as I'm concerned, you know, and it kind of is one of those things I just want to say in closing, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you really don't like to see 
other cultures, specifically indigenous cultures, have parts of their culture ripped away from them. You know, these are things that are so steeped. I'm I'm very big and I and a lot of this with me has to do with being a third generation descendant from a slave that your your culture is as long as your culture isn't steeped in racism um your culture is important and your history is important and to know your history and your culture and and embedded in it is is so deeply important and unfortunately especially in slavery it's it's almost impossible to trace a lot of that back because it was wiped away and um a lot of different you know you see it sometimes in asian cultures where uh they've become so americanized that like in japan there's a mcdonald's on every corner but you have to go to a museum to learn about the samurai and that is something very powerful to their culture so that's what i'm saying there's just a lot of so whereas i agree with canadian law stepping in and putting a stop to that because a, if that would have gone on, I believe a lot of a lot more innocent people would have been murdered in the name of this very severe mental disorder and several others. But it does kind of make you think like, you know, they they took they were forced to sign their culture away and they had no choice but to give in to the government and have their culture quote unquote whitewashed in a way because it happens. But I mean, that's a story for another day. I just wanted to bring that up because that sat with me for a long time that that happens a lot. It's very unfortunate how a lot of cultures that are misunderstood <clears throat> are wiped out because white men no like basically white, doesn't understand and it. white Christian no like and no understand. So it's immediately de demonized and, wiped away and but again i am no i am in no way shape or form uh speaking up for jack fiddler and saying what he did was right uh i think these were very sick innocent people that does not deserve to be murdered at all but it does make you think you know you don't a lot of indigenous people have had their land their names their cultures everything completely stripped away from them and it's kind of like at what cost, you know? So, yeah. I'll That's just one that reason why I'm super into Native American stuff. Oh, um, yeah, me too. I'm Cherokee. <clears throat> and my, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot because I'm pretty far down. But my grandmother's great-grandfather was a chief. So... My And if you guys saw my grandma, you would know. Like, my grandma has the high cheekbones. She's 95 and has black hair. I mean, not hair on her body. The woman doesn't even have eyebrows. So, when I first, you know, went to my grandma's house and as I got older, seeing all the Native American stuff around her house got me thinking. And then I... That's why I have dream catchers. That's why I love anything to do with Native American culture, which is probably another reason why I'm so obsessed with skinwalkers, because Native American culture, even though it's not my tribe, still. But it's just stuff like that fascinates me. Just don't wear like headdresses. That. Don't culturally appropriate. Don't be a Karen.
Don't, don't do it. Don't be a weeaboo either, y'all. Listen. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Listen. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Do you know what a weeaboo is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell our audience if they don't know what a weeaboo is? Do you guys know what a weeaboo is? Okay, so it's when you're so obsessed. And I'm talking like obsessed to the point of you think you are this culture. Japan. Um, there are white people in America, white people in America, who truly believe they're Japanese. Mm -hmm. They're called weeaboos. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing. I hate to tell y'all, you're not Japanese. Stop. You're American. You ain't none of these. No. And it's okay. It's Stop okay it. to love the Japanese culture. There are parts of the Japanese Nothing culture I love, honestly. Love I would love to visit there. And I would I, I love, love their it. music. I love a lot of their um food, actually. You guys know what we mean. But if you don't I'm talking Jesus like Christ, where you, you are what, actually like You're culturally appropriating. Yeah. You're culturally appropriating. Like I'm looking at you, white man. You're not Asian. You're not Japanese. Culturally appropriating. <laughs> Anyway. anyway, so, so uh, next week, the Winchester Mansion. I'm excited to do this one. I am really legit. I have been obsessed. Yes. Obsessed <laughs> with this story for fucking years. It's so fascinating. Oh my God. Do not go watch the movie Winchester. No, please don't. It, no. If you want to watch something, watch the Ghost Adventures I was episode so on it. disappointed. Because the, the Ghost Adventures episode Please watch very the Ghost good. Adventures episode. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And definitely one day we will be going. This place is on the bucket list. Faux show. Have to go. Um, the history is just too much. It's too much. It's, it's just amazing. it's it's steeped in in so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I I'm fascinated yep. with with her and the whole house and the lore behind it and everything. And I just, uh, I'm so excited. I'm very so excited, excited next to talk week, guys. About, yep. To talk about that. Hells. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to mention guys real quick. Um, if you guys didn't already know, we did an amazing podcast with don't go out there podcast. Um, it should be, it's up now everywhere on all the platforms. Um, we talked about child's play too. It was so much fun. Um, we love those guys and we had an absolute blast and we cannot wait to collab with them again. But, uh, guys give, don't go out there podcast, a follow. If you haven't already give them a listen, if you haven't already. Um, and like we said, our episode with them about child's play two is up now on all the platforms. So definitely give that a listen. Not to mention they are really nice guys. They are awesome. Really, really nice guys. So much fun. So much fun. <clears throat> All right, guys, a so, word from our small sayer. Calm your body down. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> One of these days, though, we're seriously going to have to record you doing that just in case you get, like, laryngitis. Knock on wood. Not that it's ever going to happen. But I just have this, like, thing. I'm like, oh, my God. What if one day she, like, absolutely cannot do it? And we're just going to have to be, like, play. You know, the fact that like that happened back. like two or three episodes in, and I just kept going with it every episode, that little jingle. <clears throat> we love it. Everybody loves it. Um, 
So I have gained quite a few new followers over the last couple weeks, and I really want to thank everybody for that. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, when when you're... When you're a content creator and you just want to push out your content and push out your content and push out your content to people, especially if you're a small business, it's, it's important, you know, it's <clears throat> capitalism. You want to put it out there to make you money. But, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, as all of you know, uh, things have been more at the forefront than bath bombs. So, uh, I appreciate you guys. (laughs) I really appreciate you guys, the new followers that I have and the continued support that I've had from the original followers of the new content and kind of the new way that we've been, uh, changing the, uh, page for the company, but, um, we're still bringing you bath products. We've still got our bath bombs. We've still got the body creams. We've still got the bath scrubs. Everything is still on Etsy. Um, and again, I really want to push this because you guys still have a couple weeks to do this. June 30th is the end of the DFWTO coupon code. After June 30th, it is gone. Um, so 50% off on everything. Please, please use up that code because there will not be any other sales going on until the holiday. No more after this. Uh, but we'll still have the free body cream with every purchase, free shipping with every purchase, um, all information about the company is on the calmyourbodydown.com website, and there is a link to the Etsy page on there where you can buy everything that's available. Um, and that's it. And thank you again. Calm your body down. I also want to make another special announcement because I haven't even told Casper about this yet before we get, before we end, before we end here, guys. So, uh... I've given it a lot of thought and I think again, because I kind of want now for the calm your body down page, I do still want to bring a lot of important content to the cause because as a black owned business, being a black queer female, it is very important for me to, uh, really get, really use that platform for this, for black lives. But I think I know what you're about to say. Um, Becky Gremlin will be having her own Instagram page. So yeah. Oh wait, you said I've Instagram. Decided. I decided. I, uh, I I might do Twitter. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do Twitter. I think Guys, I'm gonna I'm do try, Twitter. I'm working on her. I think I'm gonna do Twitter. I'm working on her. We're gonna start with Instagram. We're gonna, <laughs> guys, get look. <laughs> I am Bill Baby Murray. Steps. Guys, Baby steps. <laughs> Bill Murray and what about Bob, all right? <laughs> Bob's got to take baby steps. Becky Gremlin's got to take baby steps. So, uh, yeah, I think um, it, it's been it's been a long time coming. It's been a thought. I Dude, just, I'm stoked. I just, I really want, you know, there's so much on my business page that I can't, I can't really say. I kind of draw a fine line. I don't like to get very personal on there about my life. But um, I feel like through the course of this podcast, most of you guys have gotten to know me and Casper pretty well. So now you know how I felt when I did all the podcast stuff on my personal page. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I can't be like, I can't. (laughs) I'm like, there has to be podcast needs its own page. This is so that's where I've gotten with my business page because I want to keep it 
Yes, I want to bring awareness. Black lives will always matter. That is never going to stop. I'm never going to stop bringing that awareness on my business page. But again, there's only so much I can do because it is geared more towards my business. So I feel like you guys know me well enough that uh, it's more appropriate at this time for me to have just my own separate social media. So yeah, uh, look for that coming up sometime this week. Um, I'm not I will promote it. her on my Twitter. And then I after that, I will do Twitter. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Just like I said, baby steps. I'm never fucking doing Facebook. So don't even ask. No. Don't even ask. Facebook, you don't, don't need to do. Facebook is a dumpster fire. Ask me right now, <laughs> especially with the way it's on fire. Um, you so, really yeah. should get a slasher account. I think I'll do that too. I think I'll do that too. I'm, I've been thinking about making a podcast page for the slasher account. But, uh, yeah, so I hope you guys look for that. I hope you guys give me a follow, and, uh, yeah. I'll promote you on all my shit. I'm excited. Yay! I'm so, I'm excited. And I'm, like, see you all time. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) Just ignore the craziness that happens at first, especially on Twitter. Twitter's a little bit, sometimes, but sometimes you just gotta keep scrolling. (laughs) I'm only gonna, I, I will say this, too. Um, the pages will be marked private. They will that's, be private. That's a good idea for you. Yeah. They will be private. So, uh, mm. I have my reasons. I don't, I may have shared them on here before. If I have before, I don't remember. I'm sorry. But, uh, those reasons, if you know what they are, then you know what they are. If you don't know what they are, well, they're none of your business. And, um, but my page will be set to private. So there will only be certain people that will be allowed to follow me. She probably will. And, uh, mine, if you're so. not one of those people, well, you know. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I forgot your leaders. No. <laughs> If you guys do want to follow the podcast yes. on social media, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, make sure you spell it out with the apostrophe, or you will not find us. We have been getting a lot more Twitter followers lately. Um, we're getting close to 1,400, which is really fucking cool. Damn. Um, Thanks, Twitter. So, thank you, guys. Also, thank you for my 7,000 followers. Guys, what the fuck? Road to 10K. <laughs> So awesome, though. I, I hope can't... I could even come a smidge close. I don't I'm, know if I get on Twitter. I might. I was gonna say I'm very <laughs> active on Twitter. I like, probably very, be, very. As active. much as I love horror stuff, and as similar as I think the two of the the two of us will be on Twitter. Oh, honey, I will get all of my close horror family. I'll be like, y'all, listen, go get her. Your family's got a Twitter page. Because I guarantee, I already know Larry, Sarah, Carl, uh, Mason. Um, oh my God, too spooky! I can't. It'll, I'll sit here and like name seven thousand. Mindy, so many of them, um, and all the ones that are listening to this are probably like, oh my God, these are really um, but anyway, so if you guys want to give us a follow on social media, go do that and be watching for me. I'll post as soon as Becky's Instagram page comes out. I will post yes. a link to it. So you can go follow her. And um, we are on Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, Podbean, CastBox, and... Um... Podcast Addict? Is that the only one we didn't say? Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Podbean. 
I don't Podbean. Know, I don't know what I didn't want to forget. Podbean. Also, we've reached twenty one hundred followers on Podbean. I'm Yay! still like shocked as to how this is happening, but you guys are amazing. We love you. So appreciative. We will be getting merch and all that stuff out eventually. Corona decided to put a nice swing in that, but it will come. So thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for staying with us. We love you. And we'll see you next week at the Winchester House. Not actually there, because that would be really cool, though. I mean, but we'll start a GoFundMe right now <laughs> if y'all want to give us money to go. So, no. So, <laughs> Wendigos. Um. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.